0: Welcome, dear friends of SME Banking. My name is Lucas, and you're listening to the 2021 edition of FMA SME Banking podcast series with global SME visionary bankers. These sessions are here to introduce you to some of the global SME banking leaders who we believe are shaping not just the future of SME banking, but the future of SMEs as well. Therefore, each podcast serves as a nomination for 2021 SME Banker of the Year Award. And now, without any further ado, I guess we are ready to start. Very well. And our next nominee is Jesse Weinberg, who is the head of the SME customer segment at First National Bank of South Africa. Jesse joined the bank in 2010 to launch PayPal as a business product offering to the South African market. And since then, he enjoyed various banking roles within f across both retail and business banking divisions. Notable achievements include leading FNB SME to be awarded the Best Global SME Bank Award for 2020 by IFC SME Finance Forum, as well as being awarded the Best SME Bank in South Africa and Best SME Bank in Africa for 2021 by Global Finance Magazines. Jesse holds commerce degrees in business informatics and an MBA from IE University in Madrid. Jesse is passionate about entrepreneurship and technology and the role that banks can play to help developing SMEs in Africa, ultimately addressing both unemployment and inequality. So Jesse, welcome. Very thrilled to have you among the nominees for 2021 SME Banker of the Year Award. So um, any further comments, you know, what do you do when you are not dedicating your 100% uh, to F&B? Yo, thanks Lucas, for having me and yo, really Really
1: glad to have made the nominee list. Um, When I'm, I guess on a personal note, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not working, I'm trying to be outside the office as much as possible. So whether that is any outdoor activities, running or hiking or uh, mountain biking, I just love the outdoors. So because I spend so much time in an office, I guess I've just always got a craving for some sense of adventure and also Combining with exercise at the same time
0: is uh, is something really exciting for me. <laughs> Jesse, we have actually prepared a number of questions for you as, as for all the nominees. So um, let's dive into it straightforward. Let's start with a, let's say, you know, very short intro of um, you as a banker. What led you to banking and business banking in particular? So I,
1: I actually... Joined FNB on a slightly uh, different angle. Um, So originally when I joined the bank, it was through a Forex opportunity or a Forex payment opportunity. And it was when FNB, or First National Bank, was the first South African bank to partner with PayPal to enable South African businesses mainly to be able to withdraw money from a PayPal account or their PayPal wallet into their bank account. Uh, so I actually joined the original team to um, to help launch that. And um, I guess that was really, you know, it's really what got me hooked into the world of SME banking and working with SMEs. Um, and I suppose technology as well to really help them make their lives easier, enable them to grow, open up new markets. In this case, you know, getting paid and, and getting paid in Forex. And I suppose since then I've always been passionate about SME development and working with SMEs, small and medium-sized businesses, to to help them grow, uh, make their lives easier. So slightly different approach, but that's really what got me then into the world of
0: SME banking. Now it's been you know already some years that you are yourself in in the shoes of SME banker or, or a business banker. Is there a major trend right now going on in the SME world that? Bankers, you know, people, fintechs aren't covering enough, but it's very essential for the lives of of SMEs. I
1: think there's there's two that come to mind. There's two main areas. In fact, both of them are well known, but I think that many, um, you know, many people aren't going into enough depth into the topics. So the first one I would have to say is around the role of banks or SME banks or SME bankers, in the element of educating and and helping SMEs bridge the gap between business and banking knowledge, SME bankers and and banks in general actually play more of a crucial role than anybody realizes when it comes to teaching SMEs about things like finance and about things like loans and about things like business. And I, I don't think that we're talking enough about just how important the frontline staff are, so bankers on the front line or even a bank's own platforms, websites, um, all of the different capabilities and channels that they have, I don't think we're talking enough about how important it is for for banks to be educating SMEs from a financial literacy and a business financial literacy. So I think that's the one big theme that still needs to really get more attention. And then I, the second one for me is, again, maybe it's not new, but certainly isn't getting as much attention, you know, that uh, that I think it should. And that's the integration between banks and accounting software ecosystems. So what we're seeing a lot now is that as banks, we can we can do more in terms of lending in the future. We can do more in terms of providing secure interfacing um, and just convenience to to SME customers by getting closer to those integrations between a bank and those accounting software and even payment systems. So both of them sound... They sound like they're not new, but certainly some of the new elements of it, I guess, almost touching on open finance. Um, you know, there's a whole world of lending that lies ahead in the future when it comes to to seeing and, and sharing, let's say, data that sits inside a small business's accounting software. Um, so there's many initiatives now, obviously, in play of of just what it means to maybe originate bank lending from from accounting software. Um, all that data actually sits there. And I think in time, you know, with these conversations getting better and better, um, SMEs might get access to a whole different type of lending um, on data, which is very valuable and can actually, you know, make lending, like lower the losses in lending and actually increasing the levels of lending
0: to SMEs. Mm-hmm. In your nominee profile document, among the key changes in needs of SMEs, because this is you know highly connected as well, what, what you just mentioned in the previous, uh, previous question, you highlighted technological disruption and its impact to customer experience or the speed of services delivery among those, those key changes in needs of SMEs. And obviously, these expectations are, are being set out of the banking industry and SMEs then uh, expect the same kind of experience from a bank. But do you think it's feasible that a bank or a financial institution can keep pace with change that is happening in tech industry or e-commerce who are setting these type of trends? Yes, I definitely do believe
1: they can. Banks can do it. Um, You know, the thing that comes to mind on a question like this is, is about putting yourself in the shoes of your customers. So almost every employee that works for a bank is actually also a customer of that bank. So it's easy to put yourself in the shoes of a customer because every day that I'm using our banking services or the banking app, and if I see something or hear something that I don't like, I can raise that as feedback almost immediately just because I work for a bank. But I guess the point is that it's more difficult to put yourself in the shoes of an SME or a business customer. And so to your question, absolutely banks can keep up with the the technological disruption and the pace. But what it does require is it requires banks to put themselves in the shoes of those customers. And if they're business customers, it just means that a bank has to do even better at really using empathy or really immersing themselves in that customer's world and understanding how the customer is seeing the solutions from a really customer-centric way, you know, going, walking through a mile, spending more time with customers, even through laboratory environments. It's more and more critical to take that customer-centric approach. I think that's one way of keeping up with that that change. And then I think the second part is there's no doubt that banks in in any large or even older organizations have to get really analytical about what they can solve and what they can't. So what capabilities they really have uh, versus what's feasible or even not feasible to build themselves. Maybe it'll take too long. Maybe they're just not equipped. Maybe there's too many legacy systems. And those gaps really need to be analyzed to determine whether strategic partnerships are something that should be explored. So it doesn't make sense if you've got limited development resources or capabilities in your organization, and you are now trying to compete with another, let's call it even a fintech or a software provider or a technology disruptor, and who their entire focus and their entire purpose is that particular area of expertise. Um, you know, then you need to explore whether you do want to compete with somebody like that or whether you want to find a way to form a strategic alliance or a strategic partnership.
0: And it's very much connected to even even to the next question that they have here um, as key factors for an effective leadership where you described clearly empathy and perspective as, as the key ones, especially you know for leading your team. Now, can you highlight a specific situation when these two played an instrumental role? So I think... You know, the, the, the
1: fresh one, and it's probably the, well, it's the most recent, but also the biggest one I've had to date in my career is when COVID first hit, about, well, hit our country severely, call it about March last year, March 2020. And, you know, our, our government responded, like many other governments, of placing the population into lockdown. Um, restricting movements and restricting business activities to to control the spread of COVID and make a way for increased amount of of hospital infrastructure and et cetera, et cetera. So, I think you know the, the the biggest thing that happened there for any of us in management or leadership positions were that we now had many crisis management projects that needed to be started. So many customers now needing to make arrangements for either repay or like payment holidays or repayment plans on their loans or even restructuring their loans and um, we also went into many other types of crisis management projects about how we can partner with government and even private sector to get more loans or lending or liquidity to smes um, we even went down an educational route to provide a, what we, what we launched as the business hub to actually help Business owners navigate this crisis so there were many of these these crisis management projects and rapid types of development but all at the same time we were asking our own staff to be doing this work when they themselves were also in lockdown trying to deal with now children at home homeschooling even and their own stresses pressures the traumas of their own family or friends getting sick and losing um, even people passing away so, you know, that was a that was really like a very clear example of as a leader, as a manager now, you really have to be very in tune with, with what your people are going through. So many a time had to really reach out and just get, you know, understand who's going through what across both customers as well as employees and staff. But at the same time, then keep perspective of where we are in the bigger picture and just help remind them that we're on the right track and we're doing the right thing. And I think that for me was was probably the most difficult situation that I've ever encountered and that many people ever encountered.
0: Now, you mentioned the way how you had to keep the pace, especially, you know, with different projects and, and keep the offer to your SMEs. And to build up on few of the outstanding projects that you are delivering to your SMEs, we may mention the three of them that you highlighted in, in your profile. So let's start with the first one. Uh, Fundaba is a free multimedia educational platform for business. Can you be more specific on how are you feeding the platform with information, documents, etc.? Sure. So Fundaba is, is really
1: a shared value framework that we launched. And and um, what we mean by that is that it's a it's a multimedia educational platform that we... Sourced originally uh, through our partners um, and through our various, um, you know, people in our ecosystem and experts, we sourced um, contributions, some we paid for, some we didn't, some wanted to give of their time and value and some, you know, some we paid for. And that's very much a continuous theme is that what we're trying to do is everybody understands that what shared value is really about is if in the case of banking, if our customers are growing, then we also growing as a bank, because then there's opportunity to make revenue or to even lend, and, and at the same time, then the country's growing. So there are many businesses, many professionals, and there are many people that we put together in this ecosystem that realize that this is so important for us as a country, as a developing country, to be able to provide uh, continuous education and business financial literacy. So we didn't really have a problem with regards to getting you know initial content and um, and putting this down in a curated way. And as we go now, a lot of the the elements are quite, what's the word? They're quite timeless in the sense that many of the business concepts of maybe putting together a business plan or running some basic cash flows or forecasts and that they've been standard for many, many years, if not decades. Um, And so that is what customers really find the most useful stuff is just the basics. Um, However, what we also do have is a whole category of content, which we want to keep fresh. And so, again, we go to our existing partners or we're continuously approached by new partners or people that want to contribute. And we go through quite a structured process that we put in place in the beginning to get the content updated um, or the templates. And then, I guess most importantly, in the Fundalba platform, we deliberately developed an element of it to give customer feedback and suggestions. So with every module that we deliver and every piece of education, um, customers tell us what they think. So they suggest new stuff. They tell us what they like, what they don't like. That feedback is incredibly important to us to
0: continuously make sure that we're delivering the right um, content.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: was I was particularly intrigued, you know, as well by the by the second project that you mentioned and, and highlighted the first uh, business zero project or the account, which is uh, an online business bank account with a telco SIM card and a QR card to get paid. So I understand that you know the onboarding campaign idea behind must be working very well. But how do you keep a sustainable business model with such an offer? So it's a good question. And
1: the easiest way to explain it is that we've got many capabilities in our bank that we've built up over the years. So one of them is we've actually got a fully-fledged MVNO, Mobile Virtual Network Operator, that um, we built as a division in the bank, which provides SIM cards, provides telco packages, um, and we, we link onto the services and the towers of different telcos. Um, and we decided to use that in this value proposition. So that's how we are able to give you an FNB SIM card, which we then can give you some free data and free minutes and, and all of that to get you up and running. Also the QR out of our merchant services um, business, so obviously developed that ability to get you a merchant services account and get paid using QR. Um, but the, the model behind it really is that the first business zero account is part of a continuum of value propositions for customers. So you can almost think about it as a freemium model where we recognized that many businesses or entrepreneurs that want to just start on a cheap, no no frills low-cost, even no-cost account to start, um, you know that there was a barrier to entry is that they would start a business and a few months later they would abandon the account because monthly fees were coming off and it just wasn't for them. So that's where we recognized there was a gap in the lower part of our continuum where there's a specific customer here that just wants to start off or, or they've got very minimal needs – That they they want to use this account, and often they're very digital in nature, so they're not going into our branches, they're not using many of our channels. Um, So it's a very low cost of servicing those customers. So, so the many are quite profitable, but the model again is part of a continuum. So as businesses grow or they need more complexity or complex solutions, we then have got, for example, ability for them to upgrade or to take on different products, and which, like a freemium model, those do then come at a cost. So. You know, if you wanted to add on, you know, maybe there's an element of lending or Forex or maybe you want to upgrade your whole solution to our what's called gold business or even platinum business offering, which gives different value um, at a different cost. So First Business Zero is not just on its own as a standalone. It plays a very important part in serving the needs of our continuum and customers that just need some simplicity and many will upgrade, let's say. But it also was an important response for us as, a, as you know, one of the biggest banks in the country to play our bits to help financial inclusion in the country. So we recognize that we also have a responsibility to provide and enable access to cheaper banking and um, specifically for, for, for very small micro businesses that have never had a bank account before. And this
0: is like the first step in the ladder for them to get into business banking. The third project that uh, that you highlighted was um, something, you know, that is, I would say, a global trend in the solutions offered to businesses by, by banks. And it's the integration of Sage as an accounting ERP software using a secure API for your customers. So you can share any insights on how was, you know, the decision process of why have you chosen, especially this partnership. What are the key benefits, let's say, compared, you know, to, Either other partners in the market or on-demand development as a wide-label solution or even, you know, in-house. Yeah, so it's actually a really interesting topic and a, and a question
1: because to give you some context, we also have our own in-house accounting software suite still um, called Instant Accounting. We also offer instant payroll software. Instant invoicing, and these we offer for free as part of just if you get any FNB account. Um, but what what came into our decisioning was we evaluated from a really customer centric perspective what does the average small and medium sized business in South Africa use every day when it comes to their accounting. So we've got a very we've got a formidable base um, on our instant accounting software, but there are many customers that make a call. To decide which software they're going to use in their business, and what we did was we looked at um, we looked at market shares and we we interviewed many customers and we looked at our own statistics and we we worked out that Sage has got a very large market share in you know in South Africa. So we also saw many of our customers using screen scraping, for example, to get transactions out of their FNB online banking onto their Sage platform, and this often involved either going through a screen scraping tool um, or uh, when we sat with with hundreds of businesses, they would download a CSV file from their bank account, then that file gets saved or emailed somewhere, then uploaded into the software. And it's a very clumsy, non-secure way of getting transactions into Sage accounting. So I guess the most important thing was that we took a very customer-centric view. We looked at, at uh, starting off with, with who's got significant market share um, and it's proved to be a very successful partnership where we 've got a huge amount of the customers now that have shifted onto using a secure API, which is more convenient and more secure um, and yeah, we still run our, our instant accounting software, which serves the needs of specific customers. but I guess going back to the original conversation we we're having earlier is that you have to you have to put yourself in the shoes of customers and in the eyes of your customers and see what they're using to run their business. And, and then work out how you're going to further enable that or partner if you need, because if you don't, then you're not, you're not you know, you're not in flow with what your
0: customers are doing. Thank you so much, Jesse, for uh, taking the time, especially to explain those projects a bit more. Now, um, going a bit more personal, I know we have prepared um, a couple of questions, same questions for all the nominees. So let's start with the first one. What's the one quality you look for in a new hire? So it's a tough one to just pick one, but I think
1: if I were to just pick one, it would be reliability. I think reliability in this day and age is incredibly important. I think that it comes down to reliable people that, um, that follow through, that do things on the right, do things you know, within the right timelines and actually you know, follow through and get stuff done.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, second question, what's
1: your go-to productivity trick? Definitely an afternoon run or a workout, just to clear the mind, energize the body, and I find that it gives me a second wind going into the afternoon or to the evening if I need to work. So yeah, very
0: good. What's the one thing you've learned never to do as a leader?
1: So I think uh, never take myself too seriously. I think what's you know really been um, clear to me is that you, know, you in, especially in this world you've got to be you've got to be humble and you also have to be curious. You know, you have to be able to to pivot your thinking um, and and not take yourself too seriously. If you could only have three apps in your smartphone, which would they be? So, I'd have to say the first one would be the FNB banking app. <laughs> um, not just not because I have to say that, but just because I think uh, I can't imagine having to go into a branch anymore, and I just um, our app is is really loaded with features that uh, I do spend a lot of time on it either. Booking flights, paying people, um, so the so the banking app, WhatsApp. It's just never ceases to amaze me how integrated all of us are in our lives around WhatsApp. So I think from a communication point of view, and then Google Maps. Um, I uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I can't imagine a world where you couldn't just go on your phone anymore and and uh, quickly type in an address and you know never have to worry about <laughs> reading a map and getting there. If you could trade the positions with anyone for one day, who would it be? So maybe it'll be a popular answer and cliche, but I would have to say Elon Musk. Um, I think that it just it's it fascinates me the the work that he obviously does, but also what he's achieving. And um, I would just love to see it through his eyes of of what that typical
0: day looks like, and just some of the conversations. I think it must be mind blowing. And that's been Jesse Weinberg, head of SME customer segment at First National Bank of South Africa. Jesse, thank you very much once again for having you with us today. It's been a huge pleasure to get to know you, your role at FNB, and the effort that you're trying to do in the SME banking space a bit more. Yeah, well, thanks very much for having me. It's, it's been great to be here. Thank you all for listening to us today. And I hope we were able to bring you a bit inspirational insights and fun. Wishing you all a wonderful day and stay tuned for our next nominees and next episodes. These sessions are brought to you by AFMA as part of our global SME banking community.